Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of our Dream Wonders podcast. Here is where dreams come true on Cardano and beyond. With us today, I have two amazing, fabulous, superstar guests. Johnny Shekina, the CEO of Mandala Metaverse, and Kevin Foxe, the executive producer of the Mandala Metaverse. Well, let's start with the beginning. I do not know how many of you have encountered the Mandala in your, on your life path. I, still, I really hope that many of you have encountered the Mandala on your past. However, I'm going to, you know, dive into the Wikipedia definition just in case to set things straight from the beginning. A mandala is a spiritual and ritual symbol in Asian culture, which can be understood in two different ways, externally as a visual representation of the universe or and internally as a guide for several practices that take place in many Asian traditions, including meditation, uh, which in Hinduism and Buddhism, the belief is that by entering the mandala and proceeding towards its center, you are guided through the cosmic process of transforming the universe from one of suffering into one of joy and happiness. Johnny, let me start with you. After graduating with honors in the study of comparative religions from Harvard University, you continued on a spiritual path being trained in multiple non-dualistic traditions, both East and West. What gave you the idea of creating a mandala metaverse, which would enable the transformation of our world? And I would say through each individual from an experience of suffering to one of happiness. Wonderful, Mihaela, thank you for this question. Um, a colleague of mine at university, we were both uh, studying comparative religion and we were finding pretty quickly that a lot of these different paths that we were studying were leading to the same place, which was to the truth of, of who we are as human beings. And they were using different symbols and different mythographies to guide us there. And we were inspired by Dungeons and Dragons, actually both having grown up playing it and actively engaging our imagination in stories. And so we had the notion that making a game out of the path would be a good idea. And also thinking of Herman Hesse and Magister Ludi and the, the amazing vision that he had around um, taking all the classics and all of the different cultural studies and weaving them into a cultural game, if you will, to transform ourselves and to whatever degree possible the world. Thank you so much. Uh, so let me move to Kevin. And uh, of course, I mean, I have so many other questions, but uh, Kevin, you need no introduction. Your fame precedes you. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> Kevin Foxe is a director, producer, writer, and storyteller, best known for the hit film, The Blair Witch Project, one of the most successful independent films of all time. He has a long list of accolades, and I must say that reading your bio stirred a bit of my envy, for you worked with some of the people I considered sacred. I admire most, like uh, Federico Fellini and uh, Milos Forman. In, in 2017, so another thing which caught my attention, and you see this behind me, you filmed and produced the Bicycle Revolution to encourage urban planning to be less vehicle-centric. You were also a member of the original board of the New Media Council for the Producers Guild of America. So it's just, you know, I'm like... If I'm trembling and maybe I am stumbling in speaking is because I'm just so excited about speaking to you today. And thank you so much for taking thank your time. You. Please tell us a few words about how you met Johnny and how your life trajectories brought you to envision the Mandala Metaverse. So, yeah, I've worked in Hollywood for a long time. And I always, I always felt like we were sort of not trapped, but 
isolated to a form of storytelling. It was one way, you know, writing or a movie or, and I kept, and as the internet, I was very involved in technology and as the internet kind of opened the world up, I thought we're going to stumble across a new way to tell a story. And I felt like it was going to be across a lot of different platforms that, that intertwined with each other. So you could take the experience across places with you. Uh, and I was looking for this project. After Blair Witch, uh, I realized we could do that a little. We did it, right? You could go on the internet, you could find some things out, you could talk to other people, and then you could have this shared experience in the theater. And I loved movies, so that was a, an amazing uh, event in my life to have made that. But I thought, okay, then we can go further, right? I just kept seeing a bigger way to do something that was meaningful, but also using technology in new ways. And I was searching for quite a long time for the story that would work for that. And it was, it was very accidental. I had moved to Portland to do something that was going to involve news and uh, hopefully a way to create a new channel for some news for people. And it wasn't working out very well because it involved Facebook and so many other platforms that I felt were uh, just not very good for everybody. And a friend introduced, I had worked in film and this was a friend from a long time ago. And John was, had kept mentioning to him that the Blair Witch was important in his idea of telling a story and he wanted to meet the guy, you know. And so this friend of mine knew both of us and he said, let's, you know, let's meet. I met John and I think in 10 minutes I was in because what they had was not just a story that could be told across these platforms and could use all these dis different disciplines and different ways of telling stories. It needed it. And it actually the story worked on all these platforms, whereas many projects I'd come across, they were you know, sure, you could use this technology to do it. But this one, like I said, this one integrated it in a way I had never encountered before. So I was sold in 15 minutes, you know. I, I mean, I don't know if John knows this, but we met for coffee in a coffee shop and he was showing me things and telling me the story and, I'm, I, and I was already in and he kept going and going and I was, I had already shifted into arguing about how to make it better. And he was probably thinking, oh, this guy's gonna walk out of here and say, I don't wanna be a part of this, but yeah. I lucked out. I really did. I just met some people with an amazing way to tell a story that I think people will participate in and interact with in ways that I don't think it's ever been done before. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. And it's such an amazing, you know, uh, seeing that people like you of your uh, experience, fame, capacity are actually joining the crowd because, of course, as soon as I met both of you, I was in as well. In my understanding, what you are doing can be summed up like this. Mandala uses the metaverse technology as a means to meet our fellow humans in the place of transcendence, in the common denominator of the highest selves that every human can attain, the so-called enlightenment place, if I may. Recently, I had a conversation on Zoom um, during the American conference or the International Conference on Consciousness Studies with Deepak Chopra. And he just published his book, Metahuman, in which he explains that, in fact, meditation brings us into the meta-reality. That's how he calls it, a meta-reality. And when I listen to a guided meditation, indeed, I, I enter a realm. I, I feel happy. I feel centered. Uh, but, you know, speaking about religions, Johnny, which you studied, Ancient wisdom and current religions, uh, I mean, less ancient, but still they are ancient, um, always talk about three worlds. The underworld, the hell, the real world, the world of warriors for, I don't know, liberty, democracy, whatever, but still warriors. It's a fight always, which is the purgatorium. And the upper world, the heaven. Through meditation, I get to that heavenly world. If we can build such an environment where I can experience my higher self and live from that place, the best that I can be, having the best life I can possibly have, a space which nurtures me to thrive and flourish, then building this metaverse is worth every effort. Is this what you had in mind, Johnny? Or maybe I'm, you know, a wishful dreaming here. No, we're, we're dreaming with you. 
And that's, that's precisely it, Mihaela, that um, how do we facilitate our own spiritual growth in a way that's not limited to any particular tradition or path or humanistic, scientific or otherwise? And how do we engage in a story that relates to our everyday life that calls forth the best of who we can be in a way that is, you know, tangible? So the Enlightenment Simulator which is the, the name that we gave to the innovation of using the integration of the technology that we found with all these technology partners, including Cardano and the blockchain and um, other tech companies, is that we have a story that is drawing from the canon of humanity's rich imagination and spiritual paths and all integrated with the blockchain and with other technology so that people can actualize this, this dream and vision they have of their higher self so that it can become reality. And if there were a critical mass of human beings that actualized this um, and supported one another, what would be the potential in the imagination and then the materialization of, of the reality of it? Yeah, I'll add to that. So I'm glad you're recording because the way you described the project was amazing. We're going to use that now. <laughs> We've always had a difficult time explaining this to people because it gets big fast, you know. Uh, and there's a piece of it too, which I think you tapped into, and that's the meta. And there's a use of that word where I tend to do projects that are, I would call meta. Like Blair Witch um, was this story that was you know, real, or you thought it was real, and it was presented in a film format, and yet it felt different because it was using the medium in a way that people hadn't used it before. And that, you know, that was, there was something meta about that, right? It was a, you were watching a film in a film theater, but it was a film, but you thought it was real. So it starts to play with our perception of things. And I, 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 that's something I really like to do a lot is the meta of things. You get into something deep and you reflect back on things. And that's, like I said earlier, you know, when I did meet with John in this project and got involved, uh, that was the one thing that kept coming up over and over was that we were going to play with people's perceptions. And uh, like you said, we believe there are a lot of dreamers like you, like us out there who just don't have a place to discuss this or talk about it or play with it. And I love that you also said the warriors, because that's what this is. You know, most games people play, video games especially, are these battles. And they're, you know, fantastical or engrossed in a story within a story. Uh, you know, and that's what this will be. We're going to have, it's a battle. I mean, it's a game and, and we're going to make use of that format as well as giving it a purpose I think and a meaning that it's not just when you finish you beat the boss and the game's over you go to the next one uh, it should be that you go back into the world and fight the battle that needs to be fought here and we should we can we can train people for that we can help them with the story and work on that so yeah yes and and you know because um, you both mentioned imagination I, how I see it, at least this uh, oscillation between hell and heaven, which is actually <laughs> the struggle of my own life as well. You are trying to make the world a better place by using our imagination, by actually flexing the imagination muscle through technology, I would say. When I look around, however, more often than not, and I will not mention where I am right now, but <laughs> this is what I'm experiencing mostly these days, it is so hard to imagine a better world right now. I think it's all a matter of attitude and mind shift, attitude towards life. So it's like, how do we shift faster from what is hell to what if heaven? So imagination, obviously, for more, most people, however, the imagination muscle is not trained in school, nor at work, because our counterproductive power structures are keeping us stuck. Our creativity is stifled in this power structure's grind. And I will bring in, uh, maybe quite often during our conversation, a third person today, actually a fourth, <laughs> um, which is Buckminster Fuller, who is the author of uh, Operating Manual for Spaceship Earth. 
he said that the youth of today are absolutely right in recognizing this nonsense of earning a living. We keep inventing jobs because of this false idea that everybody has to be employed at some kind of drudgery, because according to the Malthusian Darwinian theory, everyone must justify their right to exist. So we have inspectors of inspectors and people making instruments for inspectors to inspect inspectors. So we practically organize society in a very autocratic way, which doesn't leave any room for imagination, just forms. We have to fit in some form or some box. So uh, I see that you know, from this, how the conversation started, you and I come from the future. And it's kind of natural, as, as uh, Kevin mentioned, to you know, associate ourselves with each other because we all come from that future place, the better self's place. But I still think it's not going to be that easy. How do you envision this shift in everyone, let's say in those who still are living in the forms and the boxes? Any ideas? Can you give me some hope? Well, I'll jump in, John, if you don't mind. Um, so many years ago in like 2003, four, five, something like that, I was working on a, a very large internet project called Many One. Uh, and it was, the, the ultimate goal was to build uh, Carl Sagan's Encyclopedia Galactica. That was what we were trying to create. Wow. And so when I hear you speaking about the people you're bringing in, and we worked for you know a number of years with a lot of money trying to create this thing. And it, the, the goal there, too, was to free people up, get them good information, and to provoke their imaginations. And I think the answer to what your question is that one way, or for, I'm a storyteller, so this is what I would, this, my answer would be, and it's to give people the story, a story that allows them to not just passively watch it and then go on to the next channel, but to actually participate in the story. You're the hero of your story, and that greater story is all of us together. So if we have a group of heroes now, right, it's not reading The Lord of the Rings and going, that was fun, you know. It's, no, this story is, in, is inviting you into it because like you said, we're in an autocratic society and we, we, it's up to us to change it. Instead of just filling out the form, maybe rip up the form. <laughs> or stop filling out the form. And there is a new way, and it's we're the ones that are responsible for that. So John, sorry, go ahead. you can go ahead. Yeah, I love that. And I, I just wanted to intervene here, just to, you know, to, to take on from here and, 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 and then ask a question for John, if that's okay. Yeah, please. So, uh, so yes, so as you, as you mentioned here, as we, at least for me, this dilemma of the transition from the form to who we really are. It's a, also connected to a, an identity dilemma. Buckminster Fuller also said that everyone is born a genius, but the process of living de-geniuses them. Yeah. And there's a Romanian poet who wrote a poem called The Earth As Yet. I don't know if, if, it, if I translate it correctly, which says, you know, it's, it's something like we could, yet we cannot. And why? Because on this planet, we have everything, good and bad. We have geniuses and idiots. We have stars and mud. And the question is, in terms of an identity, as far as I see it, the mandala would be the means to rediscover our true selves, our genius, which everybody is born as by escaping the process of living in a sick society. Johnny, is my wishful understanding correct? Absolutely. It's really beautiful to hear you speak about the project in the manner that you are. It's really inspiring because our dream is that people can discover who they really are and who they want to be and find a path of vocation instead of having to work within a matrix that doesn't serve their soul or doesn't fi find any happiness for them. And then henceforth, it doesn't create the kind of world that we all can be thriving in together. And so how best, as Kevin was saying, how best can we create a doorway for people to escape the matrix? Our vision of it is it's, it's a story that opens up the living reality of heaven all around us, which is here present. 
you know, and, and it's the recognition of our essential nature of our heroic nature that allows access to that place in all of us. And uh, to your last question too, around, you know, Bucky Fuller and um, at large, there, the answers are among us. There are so many geniuses among us that have cultivated answers to the world's problems that are not getting the visibility. They're kind of like the stars that are in the sky that are not visible because there's too much pollution from the noise of the machine that doesn't allow them to be seen. So there's other spotlights that are featured in fluorescence rather than these shining luminaries. And it's part of the job of our story to not just bring these luminaries of the past to people's reimagining re of themselves and access to the wisdom that, that other humans have forged, but also those geniuses that are among us in this, in this time and this day, whether it be in sustainability of permaculture or whether it be in the blockchain with true coding architects that are having, have an answer to the centralization problem by providing systems of decentralization. And in our story, we use the clan system of 12 archetypes to represent these different pathways to affecting consciousness in ourselves and also in the world at large. And we use animal totems for that. And so part of what we want to facilitate is the people that haven't found their path or their vocation, having a way to do so both via the brilliant financial operating system of abundance that is the blockchain, in addition to those that have answers, getting more exposure to people that find vocation with what their body of work can provide. And now, because, because you just mentioned the animal totems, can you explain your totem, which we see here on the screen? Yeah, I chose Eagle because I, I resonate with that no path Path. I think there's a lot of people out there that don't want to be constrained to a particular path. And, you know, many, many wisdom people have said in the past that if you're, if you're following somebody else's path, it's not your own. And so I aspire to individuate in that sense and take the pathless path, because if it can be talked of as a path, then it's somebody else that walked it. So amazing. You know, it, it... I don't know how many people know that my family name means eagle, eagle tamer, something like that. Ulieru in Romanian <laughs> means Uliu means eagle. And one thing which you also mentioned, uh, Johnny, is of course related to a big uh, topic in blockchain and in general in the world in governance, and that is identity identity in the mandala and, and finding who we are. Would I be able to find out who I truly am in your metaverse and how? I mean, you mentioned the clan. How will I be able to find my totem, to find who I am? Yeah, we're using the NFTs to start with because we wanted to allow people to start to incarnate into the metaverse with profile pictures that had utility that would extend throughout the different game environments. But in fact, we wanted to engage the imagination of the players to start to envision who they could become. And we started with pixelated artist that is, he actually did a series on the Hathor network that was the Egyptian gods and it caught our attention. And we thought, what better way to incarnate into the metaverse than in a almost primitive art kind of a way, in a, in a, in a way that is uh, expressive of, you know, the most symbolic and then grow in refinement from there. And so the clan system and the animal totems is a way for people to resonate and self-organize in a way that they can identify with one or two or three clans, change clans, you know, and start this process of discovery. Amazing, really amazing, because I, I really need, I think, I don't know, I speak for myself, yes, some guidance, like, to, to help me discover who I am, 
and again coming back to to our fourth uh, <laughs> person here on the podcast Bucky he said I live on earth at present and I don't know what I am I know that I'm not a category I'm not a thing a noun I seem to be a verb an evolutionary process an integral function of the universe what can I become <laughs> and it's been part of my struggle of course and I I believe of maybe every human struggle to find out who I am, yes, who I truly am. And uh, if you allow me, I will just say a few uh, words now, because I wrote a poem many, many years ago, which I think goes very well here. And it's called Self-Portrait in an Age of Fear. And it is actually how do we find ourselves in the chaos around us? Can we find ourselves or not? So the poem says something like this. I am the whole in the part. I am that part that contains the whole. The whole of which you run and run and run. Didn't you notice that jumping from a world to another, you've lost the whole? Collect the rest piece by piece and put the coat of broken dreams on your heart. Now smile. Sarcastic clown's reality is all that remains. Anyway, uh, thank you for giving me hope to find myself uh, in the metaverse, of course. <laughs> Go ahead. That was beautiful. Wow. Um, and I think we are, that if, if there's one question we all have and why we turn to story and why we turn to each other, it's exactly that. Who, who am I? And who am I here in this world? Um, and I'm hoping that's something we can do. As John mentioned with the, using this technology, right? We realized as we, we could easily have just created this entire huge project, but we found that people are questioning who they are. And I don't know if the current stories out there or the current modes of telling a story are helping people do that. And so we decided to let people choose, like you're saying, choose your clan or get an NFT and maybe that is your chosen clan just by the one you got. But it's, it's finding your sovereign identity in this new world that's going to exist. And if you can play virtually with finding, discovering and um, exploring who you are and then bring that back into the real world, I think that's an amazing process. I, I, it's never been, not that I'm aware of, it's never been available like that before this. And so we're, I think we're doing something very unique and unusual, but also incredibly needed right now at this point in the world. And, and let's do it in the metaverse, right? Everyone's poo-pooing the metaverse. <laughs> oh, it's going to be horrible for society. And actually, what if it isn't? What if we're in charge of creating it together and then it does reflect back on the real world for us? Because that's very, very important. And I think you are correct, because uh, the metaverse, how it is envisioned now, is like, you know, about buying land or buying whatever, <laughs> apes. <laughs> so um, it's a bit different than what we are talking about here. So I, I, I believe that the metaverse, is, is we see it here as the mandala that takes us to our true self. It's a different story, and I believe that this is the true mission of the metaverse, to tell the story that the world needs in order to heal from the craze I was talking about before. And yet there are many voices which are, of course, kind of uh, frightened by this movement. And there is this sort of, uh, you know, uh, Thomas Hobbes' point of view or perspective that uh, we cannot give people total power and sovereignty over themselves because it would be chaos that we need the power structures, we need the boxes and the forms to protect us from ourselves. So the question is, how do we design the mandala to ensure that every individual has the maximum amount of sovereignty and this autonomy, uh, and yet not get chaos ensued? Did you get to think about this at all? Speaking of governance and other issues which are really very important and critical for us here at Cardano. For me, I embrace chaos, so 
I may be the wrong person to answer this question. But maybe we are afraid of that. And that's also a thing to, to bring to our right. awareness then. That's we right, do not yeah. need that order to keep us stuck, like in a, you know, iron suit. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, I, and I do, I also trust and believe in people. I, I think, you know, there might be a moment of chaos, but it will settle itself out and people will find ways to work with each other. I mean, they are. Look, we're, we're, it may seem horrible right now on the internet, but it's actually not. It's, it's pretty beautiful what's happening. People are collaborating. People are moving into a new evolutionary uh, step, even just with this technology. It's turning into better and better things. And sure, there's always going to be some layer of disorder or unfairness maybe but that's a part of life as well and i think the more we embrace that i think we're going to end up with a lot more good things than bad things and i think we're seeing that now we're going through a very big you know we're on that seesaw at the fulcrum and it's going to tip into another uh, you know into the better side of that that seesaw i, I really believe this and if we can contribute to that, and we're not telling anybody what to do or how to do it, we're just showing, like John suggested earlier, there's so many paths and everyone is capable of being a genius. And they just need that first step. They just needed someone to hold their hand just for the first jump. And then I think they will start to self-form into, uh, the clan system is a great way to do it because within the clans, they can grow within their clan or like John said, cross over into another one. And, and I'm going to go back to the very beginning, which is the mandala, which is it's made up of so many pieces and yet it's a whole. Yes, and, and that is, you know, that self-organization which you mentioned before. I think the mandala is helping that as well because the pieces are like a kaleidoscope, which then uh, fall into place <laughs> when, when it stabilizes. And, I, you know, I, I think we also need... Just like in meditation that, you know, you have a guide which takes you there. We need those kind of guides. I do not know, Johnny, what you think about that. In, and if you can tell us a bit more of how you think the clans can help with this uh, governance. I do not know if, it, if it's even the right word, but this self-organization into something fluid, into flow or whatever word. I do not know. <laughs> Please let me know. Illuminate yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, our primary concern as the storytellers is to sound the, the, the tone of, of, of the mandala, which at the heart of it is this, this love and respect that really is at the center of, of all things. And so we protect that. We, we protect the spirit of that. And, and if we can do that in the storytelling, then I think people will resonate with that and then there the, people can be self-governing i mean another way to say it is that the individual sovereignty comes first and the the whole is made up of individuals ultimately and so if we if we keep the focus on ourselves going back to this meta notion before i think it was buddha that said if we conquer ourselves or master ourselves it's more than conquering armies you know, and I think that's the guiding principle of the mandala, which is I want to be self-responsible. I'm a sovereign individual. I'm responsible for my life. And that gives me a lot of freedom and creativity. And I'm working with others and finding the others that are also attracted to this, this tone of sovereignty and freedom. And we're in a grand experiment together. And so as as storytellers and as parts of the community but first and foremost as individuals it's uh incumbent upon us to do the work which is to carve our souls to carve our our beings and our identities and the dream and the vision of the vocation that we're called to to be of service amazing and it's you know this resonates so much with the discussions which i which we have at cardano in our catalyst community there are several uh, groups within that community. Maybe we can call them clans. Like, for example, uh, one is called itself Game B, in which 
the principle is proof of soul. <laughs> Give more than you take, contribute to the whole, and all point in, 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 in that direction. So it is amazing. We have discussions in which we came up with so-called principles of regenerative vitality, which are very resonant with what you said there about love and respect and uh, how you set the tone of the mandala. So how do we shift towards those principles like honor humanity? I will just read a few of our principles of regenerative vitality. Views, uh, health, uh, views wells holistically in right relationship, innovative, adaptive, responsive, empowered participation, honor community and place, edge effect abundance, six balance, holistic improvement, transparency, inclusive meritocracy, decentralization, which you mentioned. I think we have to work together, and obviously we are, but I would like to work with you on our governance principles as well, because they are so resonant to, to our quest. It's amazing. Did you think uh, more about governance as it is today versus how it could be in the metaverse? Or you believe, as I understood uh, Kevin mentioning that, maybe it will emerge through the self-organization? Yeah, so we've thought, of, we've thought about some of the different governance models that have been coming forward from the blockchain space. And it's not really our primary lane, so to speak. We're really, we really are storytellers in that regard. And we're working with a lot of technology companies that are resonant with these principles, including Singularity Net, which is, you know, Ben Gertzel, who we kind of followed over to Cardano in some respects. And our idea of the governance is self-governance in, in the primary manner in which I articulated previously, which is inspiring each other to take responsibility for ourselves and then meeting our meeting each other in that space. You know, and so the way we're starting in that from a technological point of view is that we partnered with a company called IMX. Interestingly enough, I A M X I M X, speaking of identity, and they are uh, the leader, we believe, or one of the one of the pioneers of self-sovereign identity, and and what's of interest to us, just like with what SingularityNet is doing, and why we wanted to partner and in partnering with with Ben and and them, is that the power is given back to the player and the user. The the sovereign individual owns their own identity and they own their own data. So if we can build from first principles from the standpoint of our higher self first and then build the technology around that, I think we'll be in good shape. I would, I would add to that, that if we're approaching this as an enlightenment simulator, and that word is loaded with all kinds of, you know, misperceptions, but if we're building an enlightenment simulator, I, you know, wouldn't it be interesting? I, I look back at governments in the throughout history, and most of them were experiments. At the end of the day, they were trying something, and we look back on it and go, "Oh, that was a form of government." But they were figuring it out at the time. Um, and I think if we allow that right now, with the knowledge we have, and with this everything you said in that treatise about the blockchain and how you're working at IOG to do that. That's exactly it. If you adhere to some principles and allow people to try a new form of governance, because look, the world's getting bigger and bigger. There are more and more people. These existing governments are not going to be able to govern that many people. And I think we're in the throes of experimenting with a new one. And like John said, we stay in our lane, which is we're going to allow you to explore your self-sovereign identity and in a new space that will emerge around you and we'll see what the governance will be. I, I don't wanna be uh, creating the governance, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't think any of us really want that, right? <laughs> to create it, but it will happen. It does over and over and over. And we are in the beginnings of something that's going to be really world changing on that level, I believe. You inspire me so much. Uh, I. 
And on the other side, I'm like also concerned about so many things because we are working on this for many years. Actually, I've dedicated my whole career career to this, to, to empowering people and finding new structures from, in which they can flourish. And so far, you know, I mean, except on paper, <laughs> nothing happened. So I'm hoping this will be a means. That's why I'm so, so enthusiastic about and hopeful about this conversation. So in the mandala, we will have these digital avatars, let's say, yeah, the, the totems, the, uh, the clans. And so the totems self-organized in clans and living there and filled with data in cyberspace. And then we will talk to our fellow mandalians across continents and so on, and there will be a different world. And maybe us experiencing ourselves not maybe, hopefully, us experiencing ourselves in different ways. At what yes. point do we stop being human in the mandala? <laughs> That's a great question. I'm going to let John go first because he always has such a very um, wonderfully grounded spiritual take on this. So go for it, John. But I know what I'm thinking, but go. I think, I think to Kevin's point earlier, Mihaela, that the emphasis on being a simulator, it's an enlightenment simulator, is really to make us more human. It's not to make us less human. Because if we can, for instance, just to give a, an example, there's another partner that we have, Mind Maze, out of Switzerland that uses EEG technology and VR to rehabilitate stroke victims and amputee victims. So we're using that technology with them to make content so that people can train their minds in the game with mentors of different, different paths and different cultures, different mythologies. And if we can, instead of encouraging what's called the grind in these video games to just go kill stuff and hack stuff up to, to quote, level up, but if they could spend five or 10 minutes with a mentor and focus their minds, concentrating, you know, tapping into that innate vitality that's already present, then that would put people more directly in touch with their humanity than take them away from it. Yes, and I would mention here, because you mentioned the mentor, that singularity net as you alluded to, uh, is working on actually creating mentors from people who we worship. Like, I can talk to Einstein or Gandhi or MLK. So they are um, creating these avatars with all the knowledge that they can gather. It's like you would speak to Einstein and ask him a question and, and you can have a conversation or dinner with, with Einstein in the metaverse uh, or, or with whichever idol you have. Because, you know, the thing is the mentor doesn't choose you. We choose the mentors. So if we have a variety of mentors, that will help. But this is, again, how technology can help. I, I just cannot wait to, to sit down with one of my, maybe with Fellini. That's who I would choose probably first to have dinner with him. <laughs> yeah, well, I did have some conversations with him and it was pretty magical and fantastic, yes. <laughs> exactly. You wanted to also give an answer, a take on this, uh, when do we stop to, to be human, uh, Kevin? Yeah, I, you know, I guess I would start with the definition of being human. I'm not even sure what that, have we come to a common understanding of what that is? So, you know, maybe just helping to define it, but we have an inside joke with whenever we're talking about this project, we always say this will hopefully be the last video game people will play and get back out into the world, <laughs> you know, through the clans. And, you know, we didn't talk about this, but there's also a mobile piece, which is AR based mobile gaming, but it's tied into the entire experience. And that concept to me is to get people outside experiencing a perception of the world around them through virtual or AR, let's call it augmented reality. But it's also a way like I look at Pokemon Go and there's, you know, if you go into Central Park at three in the afternoon, there will be a, a bunch of Pokemon players gathering and talking amongst each other 
about this game in front of them, but here they were, people who'd never known each other are suddenly in a group in an environment in the real world, experiencing something together that's not even there. It's, it's, it's AR. And I hope we can play with a lot of that. Let's get like-minded individuals in collective groups and spaces in the real world uh, and talking about something other than which Bulbasaur you collected that afternoon or which you know Pikachu you captured. Uh, if we can do that, that would be, and even if we did it with just a small part of the population, we'd be winning. And everyone would be winning, by the way. Very interesting, because this brings me to another thing, um, which actually is more on the downside of things. I was thinking about the metaverse, that it would take us away from reality far too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know... Um, Recently, I I uh, went. Um, uh, I, I saw actually a, there was a seasonal exhibit uh, by Yoko Ono, and what impressed me was one uh, one very simple. Uh, I don't know how to call it. I think it was like a. It was not a painting. <laughs> it was a writing on on a cartoon, which was posted there, and it said, "Watch the sunset." feel the earth moving so this new awareness yes it's immediately i thought oh my god did i ever think of that when i and i, I of course i i love sunsets and sunrises <laughs> but i just realized i never thought that actually yes it's true so it's 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 my awareness was not there it's like the sun is setting not the earth is moving and i'm just thinking we may just lose this awareness even more in the metaverse what is your take on that, guys? Yeah, that's why we, we really are going to encourage people to find their passion and their vocation and who they want to be in their real life and use the metaverse and all the technology, the, the brilliant technology that so many creative people have, have given to the world. We would like to use that technology to put people back in touch with their, their souls and finding their place in the in the beautiful design that is this this earth that we're on together. So they don't need to be mutually excluded. So so how will you actually because um, Kevin mentioned both yeah worlds that that he would use the metaverse the gaming to bring people together in the real world even through a simple question yes what what Pikachu did you get or or whatever simple thing. So do you have a model for that yet or it's an intent or something like that for merging both worlds and enabling people enabling people to be the better selves in the real world as well? We do, and we don't want to give too much away here, obviously, as cause, but I, I, I'll, I'll talk about something real quick that I, I think, so we're not going to build the metaverse, right? The metaverse will be all these pieces hopefully interoperating and that's another thing we're big on is interoperable both going cross chain and you know engaging with other metaverses that people are building i mean ben's building a piece we know another group of people who are building a piece for me that's the point is that this isn't a thing that's going to be delivered to people this time it might be a co-creation we are all co-creating this together and we don't know where it's going to go and the more we get people to collaborate and co-create with us with a tool set that we can deliver to them, the better. And that's really important to me because I don't think there's ever been a medium or an entertainment delivery system or distribution system that's been like this yet. It's all been given to you. And the fact that we're all looking for, the, we're all watching the sunset, but to realize that's not setting and that the earth is turning that's something a lot of people don't even know or understand. That's a simple little thing that was delivered to you and changed your perspective. So if we can help change perspectives with people, and like I said, get them to engage with each other and coming from a heartfelt place as opposed to a, look, we're surrounded by joy. This world is full of it, and we tend to exist in the, in the unjoy <laughs> more often than, than we should. And I will also say that if you're if you're sitting at home playing the metaverse or playing, and you are, we're in the metaverse now, but if you're at home playing a video game, you can say I'm in the video game. No, you're not. You're still sitting in a chair in your house in the world. 
And if we can just keep constantly using the game and the story to remind people of that, that's enough, right? I don't think we have to create any new, awesome, amazing gimmick. I think just doing that is enough. And if and the great stories do that. The great stories we all love remind us of the world around us. Yes, but, but maybe some people stay there and you know i also am ready to to find refuge in the metaverse in that ideal world from the dark side of the world uh, so so with this i'd like to, to switch the tone a bit and talk about the dark side of things uh, right now there's so much uncertainty about the future that polarization is increasing and the shared sense of truth is eroding away and there's a lot of responsibility on your shoulders in building the mandala as a system without those evils. Nobody managed to crack that nut yet. And you mentioned Facebook. That was not really something on your taste, uh, Kevin. You mentioned that in the beginning. So far, all the social networks, they are also tools as well for, for freeing us uh, from our, let's say, boxes and, and forms, uh, the metaphor. But those tools were not built with humanity flourishing in mind. They have done more damage than help us thrive and flourish. They are, as we call it, evil by design, preying on our limitations and reducing our autonomy rather than enabling it. And some video games do that as well, like, you know. So the question is, how do we ensure that everyone has uh, a chance to find themselves in your mandala metaverse? And that this will not become just one more Facebook or, or one more, you know, kill each other, Peter, <laughs> okay, steering our violence. I don't know if we can ensure it, but I think if we're coming from a different, uh, look, I've worked in this business a long time and I was there for web one and web two and the people who created these things, social networks, and I'm not gonna single Facebook out because there's been many of them, I don't think they were created with the right tone or with the right intent, really, at the end of the day. So the one thing we do, there's you know a core group of us working on this, and I think we always keep each other in check to make sure the intent and the tone are actually on point. We're not here to make a lot of money. That's not the point. That helps already for me. The idea is that we... You know, and I don't know if we'll be the Facebook. I don't know if it's that's what we're going to be that big. But if we can do our small part and that, you know, reverberates out or ripples out, then we're doing a really good thing. I think we're battling something much bigger, which is we're here trying to do this thing. And there's Facebook funded with billions of dollars. So that's what we're up against. Right. Uh, but if we can keep being that rebel alliance fighting against it, and I think more and more people start to wake up and see there's a, something you can join that isn't Facebook or that isn't, you know, I look at MySpace. MySpace actually was something with good intent and it was gobbled up and crushed by this bigger machine. And, you know, and I even think Facebook could turn around, but it won't be driven from the top down. It'll be driven from the people on there saying we've had enough. Let's change our tone. Let's change our content. And by the way, I mentioned Facebook because it's called Meta now, right? And they want to yes, build the exactly. Metaverse. <laughs> so let's not forget that. Yeah, it's not Facebook, exactly. it's, it's Meta. And that makes and it even more danger, dangerous. And that's why yes, uh, your yes. role, I see it, you know, it's even more important. And just before, before you continue, I just want to, to, to sneak in with another quote by Bucky. You can't change the way people think. All you can do is give them a tool, the use of which will change their thinking. And I think your mandala is that tool, and, and I'm not sure about Meta as a tool. Well, I'm fairly sure Meta, if we're going to keep calling it that, I'll call it Facebook, uh, it, it's, it is a tool, but it's also like giving everyone a hammer when they need other things, right? You might need a screwdriver or a saw. No, they just keep getting a hammer. And what do you do with it? You pound everything, right? And, and I'll go back to saying, you know, it's a simulator. 
Uh, we're not looking to actually change the way people think, like you said, as Bucky very, very eloquently stated and profoundly gave us that you can't change the way people think. But, but if it's a, like if I'm using a flight simulator and I keep crashing, eventually I'm going to learn how to pull the nose up and keep flying. Right. And that's what we're doing here. We're not going to we're not going to give you the answers. We're going to give you a tool set to start figuring out better ways to do things. And I'll be happy if we're giving people the screwdriver and the saw and the sandpaper and not a hammer constantly. And I'll let Facebook and Meta, you know, they're they're just words, aren't they? And by the way, how Meta is Facebook? It's not Meta at all. So to trademark that word great good for them good luck <laughs> so, so yeah and this this really brings me right into that yes because so it's very dangerous yeah what what yeah. is happening with this uh, as we call it evil by design it can be an evil by yeah. design metaverse it can be very dangerous yeah. and that's why i i see really you are your role very important and you say you are at the fringes and the rebels but will they come or will they prefer or even unknowingly stay trapped into the metaverse versus the mandala metaverse? Because they are already there on Facebook, all of them. Will they come to the mandala? I'm the optimist, so I'm going to say yes, because most people I know who are there are there both by um, convenience and that they they have so many connections there they don't want to leave but they're all sick of it they don't like it they really don't you know so um and again i'm not here to topple them we're here to offer a thing to the people who are like-minded and i think that i just keep saying it that reverberates out i find when i talk to meet people they're always open to talking about the things we're talking about but they're not allowed to in the current society in fact it's almost uh, shunned, right? You're you're told not to talk about these things. So let's keep getting people to talk about these things. And let's use story and art to do it. Yes, and, and you know, this brings me kind of back to the human question. Because what I call we are, or when I say we are human, for me it's more related to, to this Duality. I mean, we have the good and the bad, and we didn't yet master that in ourselves. So we didn't learn to choose the good from the bad most of the times. These social networks, meta, fake metas, as, as you want to, if you want to call them this way, are actually keeping us even more stuck into that. Yes. So the question to, will we stop being human? For me, the answer would be more like what Deepak Chopra was saying. So we will actually transcend our humanity and become that meta-human in the meta-reality and create the meta-reality on this planet, more attuned with the universe and with the laws of nature. So, you know, I'd like to, to kind of um, conclude our discussion and, and please think about a message to our readers while I uh, quote a last one from Bucky, which I see as the mission of your work here. The purpose of our lives is to add value to the people of this generation and those that follow. And I see that the Mandala Metaverse actually is exactly poised to do that. Your work has a colossal responsibility. Mandala can help raise our awareness to the true values. We are the last generation. We may really be the last generation with a real chance to turn things around. And changing paradigm from what is, which is a race to the bottom to produce, which puts pressure on everyone, destroying us. More shopping and consumerists don't give us well-being. It's connection, relationships, purpose, community, nature. All these things which we were talking about and that we want to, to enable people through the Mandala Metaverse to tap into that potential, maybe sometimes for many of them unexplored. So how do you envision this new world which we will experience in the Mandala Metaverse? How will we change consumer behavior? <laughs> 
what do we, how do we change people's minds or investors' minds to invest only in impact projects, align the whole economy globally with the laws of nature? Do you think there is a chance for that? Oh, I was going to say, you know, you asked something earlier that I think leads me to answer this question from my perspective. And you said, will they come? And I believe they're innately already there. I really do. I think they're waiting to be allowed to not do that. I, I really think that's where we are in the world right now. It's hard not to be. You're watching it burn around us. And I don't think anybody wants to keep doing that. And I think they just don't have an there's no other option but to go buy more things or to do. And, and I think there's, there's a, sh a way to subtly shift it. And the other thing is, is I do truly believe, and we're doing this in, in the story, which is we're saying um, we're offering, this is a chance to evolve beyond that. And that's a big, huge part of the story is that you're a part of human existence right now that is going to take an evolutionary leap. And I think a lot of people out there are doing it and are ready to, and they just need to be given the permission. And we're not even the ones giving it, but we're saying there's hope and the permission's yours, go for it. So if we can do that to enough people, things will change. Yeah, I mean, we're on that great adventure that was started long ago by many, many gener other generations. And we have the opportunity in this generation to keep that, that flame alive that dream alive that that uh, burns bright into the future. And we have an opportunity at this time to find our own heroic nature in that, in that grand adventure and find others that are also called to that. And then we'll, we'll discover what can happen. We'll discover who we can become and what the world can be as we, as we truly change it's unprecedented. It hasn't been done before. The tools are unprecedented. And as far as we know, there may be, you know, an obscured past where there was other technology or, but the bottom line is, is we're here now with a, with a call to adventure to bring our highest self to this life that we're living and see where it takes us and, and chart into un, unchartered territory. That to me is what the metaverse is. It's a, it's an in-between space that's representative of the vibrational threshold that we're crossing as a, as a species. So we can awaken to other levels. Like you're saying, Mihaela, there's other levels of our humanity that are latent, that can be awakened. And it's something that needs to unfold in the collective imagination to experience. And that's the call. That's the call to adventure that I think we're all sharing. And, and what you are building is this infrastructure that would enable us to raise above our limitations. So, you know, we, we have discovered a bit in the philosophy of Bitcoin that actually, you know, things can be better, that we do not need a middleman, that we do not need necessarily a centralized system to, to, to live <laughs> and then to exchange value. In much the same manner, I see the Mandala Metaverse evolving and I really want to work with you on the governance and, and build a DAO in which we can experience the commoning, the raising above uh, these principles of honoring humanity, which you mentioned, the hero our heroic selves. So I'm very excited about working together on that with uh, you, with SingularityNet. I'd like to close our conversation with um, an essay of men, essay on men. So I, I'm going to, to read it to you. It, is, it was written by a medical doctor in, in many, many years ago, but I think that's the best that can encapsulate our, where we are and actually maybe with everyone's imagination, how an infrastructure such as the Mandala Metaverse can enable us to see things better. All nature is but art unknown to thee. All chance, direction, which you cannot see. All discord, harmony not understood. 
all partial evil, universal good. So let's join hands and thank our guests here. Thank you, Johnny, and thank you, Kevin, for what you do, for dedicating your energies, your lives, for inspiring us to be the best that we can be. And really, a prayer that you will be successful because my patience <laughs> has reached its <laughs> limits. And I believe many, many of us <laughs> are in the same place. Yeah. I thank you. Are you just to have a, an opportunity to speak with other like-minded individuals and, and not let the flame get extinguished together? Thank you. This has been beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Mihaela. Thank you for being so thoughtful with your questions and the speaking of the tone, the tone of your questions and the quotes, just the space that you're evoking here is something that is, is really appreciated and thoughtful. So thank you. And we're going to have to make a mentor out of, you know, we're going to have to do an NPC AI out of Bucky Fuller. Yes, yeah. yes. Exactly. Yes, I want a mentor. I, definitely, I will have dinner with him. Although I have every evening because I'm reading him. <laughs> he is my favorite, <laughs> uh, one of my favorites. But I just want to, to, to bring it back to you and thank you for inspiring me and keeping us inspired through your work and dedication. Keeping us excited. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.